and welcome to today's episode of the Your Best Self podcast with me, Hannah Saad. Today, I've got a very special guest for you today who I am so excited to introduce you to. Her name is Clea. She's a functional medicine practitioner who specializes in gut and hormonal health. And today, we're going to talk about so much. We're going to cover digestive issues, hormonal imbalances, metabolism, energy levels and sleep fat loss resistance and Clea is your girl who if you've been training for a while and you've not been seeing results and you think that there's something going on maybe with your hormones or you want to look a little bit deeper into why you're not getting results and there's just something that you can't put your finger on then she is your girl so if for example you think there's something wrong with your blood work and the doctor says no it's normal but you know yourself that something's wrong this is exactly where Clea will come in and she'll be able to help you with that so hello Clea hello Hannah thank you so much for having me I'm really excited to um, talk to all of your listeners and talk to you today thank you so much for joining me I'm so excited I've been fascinated by the stuff that you post on Instagram and knowing you for a little while now and seeing the work that you do I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a while so thank you for coming thank you for having me so can you tell us a little bit about the start of your journey and what led you down the path of gut and hormonal health absolutely so I've always had hormonal issues so when I first got my period I had horrendous period pain terrible PMS and obviously I was about 14, 15 and this was happening. I was in school. I was in an awful lot of pain and doctors couldn't really help me. The only thing that they gave me was the pill. So being very young, I obviously took the pill, not really knowing, you know, was there something else underlying that I could have fixed maybe or looked into at that particular time. And so just went on kind of aimlessly taking the pill and just having normal periods after that. Um, um, I started to get into fitness in my 20s. Um, I started doing HIIT classes and low-carb diets. So obviously that probably wasn't the best thing for me to be doing hormonally. Because when I came off the pill, I started to have lots of issues around my menstrual cycle. Started to try to lift weights in my 30s when I was a bit more educated about, you know, the best way to change your body composition. Um, and that didn't really work for me. I couldn't really recover very well from the training sessions. And in my opinion, it was from the years of over-exercising and dieting. And obviously with that hormonal imbalance already previously there, it just wasn't working with me constantly being in a calorie deficit and under eating carbohydrates. So that's really where I started to kind of think something's not right here with me. And around that time, I started to have severe digestive issues. So I wasn't tolerating hardly any foods that I was eating. I was down to about five foods that actually didn't bloat me. Um, So yeah, yeah, it was full on. So I used to look, you know, nine months pregnant. My hormones were a mess. Came off the pill because I wanted to see what is actually going on here. Um, My hormones are a mess. I was PMSing like two weeks out of the month. I was extremely fatigued to the point where I would go to work and all I would do after that is sleep. So I would go do my eight hours and, you know, barely just get through my eight hours and go home and go straight to bed. And I'd sleep through the whole night. So I was basically chronically fatigued with really, really bad digestive issues. From there, I started to look into what was going on with my digestive system, discovered I had a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So treated that, started to feel a little bit better. 
but actually still wasn't fully there. I was still fatigued. I was taking bioidentical hormones at the time because my hormones were a mess and my progesterone was really, really low. So I was on bioidentical progesterone and I actually felt pregnant while I was taking bioidentical progesterone. Um, and it was only when I felt pregnant and couldn't eat my normal, what I would have considered healthy fitness person diet, which was a heap of protein. <laughs> Heap of protein and mainly vegetables, right? Because that's what I ate at the time. And obviously I was under eating as well. But when I felt pregnant, I actually couldn't eat that stuff because I was sick. <laughs> so I started to eat a lot of toast. I was drinking Coca-Cola, but I actually felt the best that I felt in a long, long time. Wow. So that was me discovering what I currently do now. And that's obviously, you know, including balance in your diet and making sure that you actually have enough carbohydrates to support your thyroid function and your adrenal function so yeah that's that's me <laughs> wow oh my god that's so exciting well no it's not exciting it's interesting <laughs> but like what a journey i didn't yes. know any of this i'm learning as well guys yeah. i'm getting to know clear oh, there's a lot there sorry <laughs> no it's good like it's yeah. so so much to unpack mm. so what would you say well i feel like there's been a few but what mm. was like the biggest challenge or challenges that you've had to overcome during this time? And if you could, like, talk a little bit about how you overcame them as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the challenges, like, being bedridden wasn't fun. Jeez, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, so I just practically just had to sleep because I was so fatigued constantly. So, you know, I, I went to various different doctors and stuff like that. Nobody really could have helped me. I was diagnosed with adrenal, severe adrenal fatigue by a functional medicine doctor. But the stuff and the hormones that she gave me didn't help. Um, and it was only, as I said, when I felt pregnant that I realized that my body was really lacking carbohydrates. I'm not saying every single person is the same and needs the level of carbs that I do, but my body specifically needs a lot of carbs to function optimally and to have energy and to have good thyroid function. Um, so running back to your question. <laughs> um, the biggest challenge is, yes, I, I guess it was, you know, sleeping every day, um, all day, every day and just feeling, you know, is this my life? Is this, you know, like considering I would have been, you know, I would have been seen as a healthy person doing the right things, having a healthy diet, eating my vegetables, you know, eating my protein, what's considered healthy, I guess, in the fitness industry, you know, trying to train when I had the energy, um, which sometimes it was better than others. Um, but I overcame it by really looking into the research myself. You know, I did employ functional medicine practitioners. I did employ naturopaths. Not all of them were helpful. Um, I still got a lot of misinformation. You know, a lot of them thought what I was doing was healthy um, in terms of my nutrition. Protein, veggies. Yeah, protein, veggies, fat. More of a low-carb yeah. um, protocol. And I did have some carbs every night. You know, I would eat them in my evening meal. Um and yeah, everybody looked at that and thought, you know, that's perfect. What you're doing is perfect. Um, so I guess for me, it was really looking into when I started eating carbohydrates, how did that help me feel better? You know, when I was pregnant, I was like, how, how I'm sick. I've got morning sickness. I physically cannot touch meat. Like there's no eggs. There's no meats happening. I'm eating carbohydrates. I'm eating sugar and I feel alive again. Like I, my energy is back. You know, so the total opposite of what I guess, you know, we're 
what we hear a lot of the time in the fitness industry was helping me. So I really wanted to know why. And then I stumbled upon um, a doctor called Dr. Ray Pete. He's an endocrinologist um, and a researcher. And I really delved into his work and his work was all about how we produce our thyroid hormone and how that affects our sex hormones and our adrenal function. Um, and he's all about balancing your blood sugar, eating carbohydrates at every meal. And when you're in the state that I was coming for, eating every three to four hours through the day to keep your blood glucose stable, actually really, really healed me and helped me get my energy back and fix my digestive issues. And yeah, I did more on my digestion um, because my digestion was in a pretty bad place. Um, I took antimicrobials and, and stuff like that, which is a chat for a different time. Um, but yes, that was kind of the basis of how I overcame that was basically reintroducing carbohydrates, eating enough food, eating easy to digest nutrient dense food. Um, and yeah, and coming out of that restrictive mindset of this is healthy when it really wasn't. Were you in the fitness industry at this time? I was. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was working in the gym. Yeah, barely dragging myself around the gym. I was employed, so I was working eight hours there. So I used to do my few clients, which is probably all I could manage and go sit in the office and do admin. All right, guys, I'm just re-recording a little bit because I forgot to ask Clea one very important question. I really wanted her to talk about blood work. And, you know, one of the things that Clea talks about is if you think that there's something going on and you're not getting the results that you've been looking for and you go to the doctor and they say, yeah, your blood works fine, but you know something's up. Um, Clear can help with that. So Clear, can you just tell us a little bit more like what that looks like? Yeah, for, co- uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course, for sure. Both at the same time. Yeah, so I get this so often with women when they come to me and I always ask them for their blood work because that's part of what I do. So I take a full functional medicine questionnaire and get all of your health history and I back it up, I look for what's going on in it within your symptoms, and then I back it up by looking at blood markers. So I'm checking and looking for optimal ranges, and that's something a GP unfortunately doesn't do. So optimal meaning within the research, within the sports research, within the literature, what does optimal blood markers look like, okay? Versus what the GP sees as normal, is based on a population of people who have gone to get their bloods tested. So say they, 10 people walk into the pathology and they have their bloods tested. They might be elderly. They might be people with chronic health conditions. They take the average of those people and that's what's considered normal. So very wow. different to what's considered optimal as per the research. So that's number one thing. <laughs> number two is... It's really not comprehensive enough. So if you go to a GP, what do they check you for usually? Like it's not enough. Usually it's like a vitamin D, B12. So there are two nutrients that you can have that are, can be out of balance or low. What about all the other B vitamins? What about vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E? <laughs> what about all your other minerals? You'll have iron tested, but we can't see zinc. We can't see copper. So there's a whole host of things that are actually missed in conventional blood blood work, what we get from the GP. We, yes, we can take B, uh, B12 if you're low, we can take vitamin D if you're low, but what if you're low in the other stuff? We won't really know based on that. So I kind of look at people's nutrition, I look at their symptoms, and I take the blood work that the GP has given, and I kind of come up with this protocol and plan for them 
in order to, for them to feel better. Another thing they don't do is full thyroid panels. They do your TSH, which for many, many reasons can be suppressed. So you could be hypothyroid on a cellular level, like your cells aren't actually uptaking thyroid hormone for various different reasons, so many different reasons. However, that TSH is the only marker they will look at. They're not looking at T3, T4, reverse T3. They're not looking at cortisol. Unfortunately, cortisol is one of those hormones that can make people feel lousy if it's out of balance, if it's too high or too low. You can have really horrible symptoms, a lot of fatigue. So not comprehensive enough. They don't really check for enough things when they're checking your blood work, if that makes sense. So interesting. Thank mm. you. That's, it's so interesting. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like just, get, like, just getting bloods done. Everybody thinks that's the standard, you know. They'll find something in there if there's something wrong with you. Yeah. But that's not the case. And a lot of people feel really gaslit by the medical community in the sense that, well, there's nothing in your blood, so you're fine. So it must be psychological, right? So that's really depressing for somebody who's very sick or has a lot of symptoms that nobody has an answer for. So yeah, I'd advise people to dig a bit deeper if they're told that their blood work looks normal because I hear it all the time. And, you know, some of the things I find in people's bloods from digestive issues like bacterial overgrowth to intestinal permeability and that's also known as leaky gut where the junctions in your intestines are kind of permeable there's stuff moving into your bloodstream and um, to low adrenal status low thyroid function and um, yeah lots lots and lots autoimmunity you can pick up all sorts so wow yeah. definitely worth checking out yeah um one thing that you've seen a lot throughout your career is the damage that chronic dieting and you would have experienced this yourself and with your clients and the damage that that can have on the female body. So what would you say to women who are really, they want to just keep dieting and they don't realise the damage that it can be doing to their body and to their hormones in the long run? Yeah, so, you know, what I say to most people is the girl that you admire, how her body looks in the gym, she didn't get there by overly restricting her food. She got there by eating proper foods and eating enough protein and carbs and fats and not restricting and training hard and getting strong. You cannot train hard and get strong if you don't have enough fuel. So yeah, that would be my advice is like restriction, overly restricting your body is just damaging your thyroid. It's damaging your sex hormones. It's breaking your body down. You're in a catabolic state all the time. When you have enough food, and it doesn't mean you have to go into a surplus, you can stay at maintenance and build. But if you're constantly in a deficit, your body's constantly looking for energy and it has to get that from somewhere. So what does it break down? Breaks down your muscle, breaks down, it can break down your glands, it can break down your digestive lining. Your body's basically in a, a catabolic stressed state constantly and your metabolism adapts, it changes. So you're constantly dieting, your metabolism adapts to that amount of calories, downregulates everything. So it's really, really damaging to stay in a deficit long term what would you say would be a set obviously everyone's different and we can't just give like a blanket approach but what would you say would be like a realistic length of time for someone to diet never no i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) don't do it (laughs) don't diet stay at maintenance and build you'll recomp you will and you'll feel so much better and for the long term like yeah just look at me that's all i will say is the damage that i caused to my body obviously not knowing 
I thought I was doing the right thing, but we were so much more educated these days than what I was like 20 years ago. There so. was nothing then. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that I'm seeing women now eating and getting strong. Like it's so empowering instead of like breaking down the body that they have, they're like building the body that they want. Right. And it's like, if you eat at your maintenance calories and you recomp your body, you add muscle and drop fat at the same time. Like, that's incredible. Like, instead of constantly being in that calorie deficit, and you're never getting the results that you want anyway. And yeah, you're just damaging true. your sex hormones. Like, if you're in your 20s, like, think about when you want to have a kid, you know? And if there's that hormonal imbalance, thyroid dysfunction present, like, it's going to be harder. Mm, for sure. Yeah. But the question, I'm sorry you asked me was, oh yeah. oh yeah, I would say based on the individual as well. Like if you're a woman with a history of chronic dieting and under eating and under eating carbs specifically, like you need to spend a year or two at maintenance. Like don't diet, like learn from my mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you're somebody who's a bit younger, maybe like twice a year diet, but like, why are you dieting? Like if you can recomp, yeah. You can build muscle and drop fat at the same time. Wouldn't you rather that? Because you add that shape to your body. What Clear means by recomp for Sorry. anyone that doesn't know. No, that's all right. Is um, when you are eating at calorie maintenance, you can build, especially in your first couple of years of training, you're at such an advantage. You can build muscle and lose body fat while being at maintenance calories. So although you might not be losing weight on the scale, the changes to your body are going to be huge. Like you're going to see see the difference. In, even in somebody cheese. more experienced could probably do a very small deficit and try and recomp, you know, just, it's probably going to be more difficult, but you could for a long period of time. I've seen research on that where they do like, they spend time at maintenance for like six or so months and your body starts to gain muscle. Yeah. Even if you're in like a tiny 10% deficit or so. Oh, something okay. to look at maybe. That's interesting. But obviously everyone's different. So yes. like Clea said, it yeah. depends. depends. But just to give you a little bit of an overview, long-term dieting is not the way. No. And I know that you're very passionate about sleep and energy levels. I am. So <laughs> what are your main tips for improving these? Um, for improving sleep, obviously there's a lot of factors involved, right? For sleeping, obviously there can be, you know, psychological stress, physical stress, you know, deficiencies of nutrients and minerals. Um, however, what I like people to do is keep their stress hormones low. So when I spoke about you being in a deficit and low carbing, they increase stress hormones, cortisol and adrenaline. So my main advice is to be, if you're somebody who's struggling with sleep, you really need to look at, have you been dieting long term? Have you been under eating? You know, when was the last time you built your calories back up and pushed them, pushed your calorie ceiling up? Um, so yeah, my main advice on the sleep is really have a look at the calories, have a look at your carbohydrates, and um, maybe have a look at the ratio between your protein and your carbs and try and go for two to one carbs to protein. I know that sounds a lot. Um, but if you're somebody that actually struggles with sleep, there might be an issue around your stress hormones um, and the carbs to protein ratio would help that. So I like people to balance their blood sugar through the day if they have sleep issues. So eating around every four hours on a balanced meal and snacks with protein and carb in each meal and snack. Um, what else do I do? I do obviously stress management, things like breath work, meditation, moving your body through the day. So lowering cortisol levels, walking is great for that. Um, bedtime snack can be helpful. Some people, depends on the person, some can do better without, and some people are better with a bedtime snack. Sometimes people 
having like a banana and a bit of peanut butter before they go to bed actually calms their body down and drops their stress hormones or something like that where some people find that if they eat before bed it actually you know is detrimental to their sleep magnesium glycinate can be really really great for some people like many people are deficient in magnesium especially if you're training and using your muscles quite a lot so yeah they'd probably be the top things that i look at helpful i, I know me if i have oats before bed i sleep like a baby yeah. like yes really oh yeah yeah little bowl of oats mm, beautiful if you could go back to the start of your fitness journey what would you tell baby Clea? Baby Clea, oh, I'd give her a hug, oh. a big hug, and just tell her to build muscle. Just eat the food and build the muscle and eat the carbs. I'm getting emotional. Oh, bless you. <laughs> um, yeah, fuel your body. Like, yeah, I was just so bad at just restriction. Like the intermittent fasting I did. I remember I was going to Vegas. I was like, I need to be tiny. (laughs) I was tiny, but I starved myself for weeks and doing boot camps and, you know, just not eating any carbs. I remember my mom was like, you're not having any like potato or rice. I'm like, no, you don't need them. Your body makes them itself. Little did I know, like the damage I was actually doing to my body to the point where I was chronically fatigued and my digestive system was, you know, an absolute mess. I should have really listened to her. Oh, mum knows best. Um, But yeah, I guess like to any ladies out there who, I know your clients probably aren't doing low carb and high intensity exercise at the same time. Um. But, you know, if, if you want to stay in dieting phases, they can still be quite damaging. So, yeah, it's just, I would go back and just say, eat, eat the food and train like a beast. Yes. Basically, build muscle. Just get strong and build muscle. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to share or anything that you wanted to add? No, I don't think so. Um, no. Anything else you want to ask me? Um... I'm going to throw you under the bus. We can cut this bit at the end if you want. (laughs) But just if anyone was struggling with... Only because I had this question on my Instagram stories this morning, so I thought I'd ask you. Um, If someone was struggling with endometriosis, Mm. what would you advise for them? So there's a massive link between small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and endometriosis. So I would be first looking at their blood work and their symptoms. So when I'm looking at blood work... I get a full symptom history from people. Then I'm looking at patterns and correlations in the bloods to kind of back up what I think might be going on based on their symptoms. Does that make sense? So usually people with endo have digestive issues as well. And as I said, there's a link with the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So I'd be definitely look at at gut health and maybe doing a gut protocol, but also really, really important for them is looking at their thyroid function. So that doesn't mean to go on thyroid hormone and go get a full panel done by your GP, but it means supporting your thyroid with your food choices and your lifestyle. So making sure that you're balancing your blood sugar through the day, eating the protein and the carb each meal and snack. So that would be definitely something because it's going to lower their estrogen and upregulate their thyroid function. And that's really important in terms of hormonal issues and something like endometriosis is quite estrogen driven. So you want to be making sure that you're on top of that. What a smart lady. That is very helpful. Thank you so much. No problem. So if people want to get in touch with you, want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, 
yeah i'm on instagram it's uh, clear man health coaching um yeah pretty much i'm on facebook as well obviously just clear man you'll find me but yeah mainly on instagram posting information on gut and hormonal health thank you i'll put all of her contact details in the show notes um so that you can get in touch with her and if you have any questions you can shoot them free to through to either myself or clear and i can put you in touch with her thank you so much for listening thank you so much for coming clear because that was so thank helpful you. i learned so much as Any well time. Thank no problem you. i can talk about any of the things gotten hormones in the future guys if you want to learn more from clear and you want her back on the podcast again let me know just shoot me a message and also rate and review this episode as well that will help so that we know what to give you and if you have specific questions like i said shoot them through and then we can answer them in another episode together and if you want to work with clear if you have found that you know you've been doing the traditional methods something's not working for you and you really want to dive in deeper i honestly cannot recommend her enough like she's amazing so reach out to her for help. Thank you so much and I will see you next time.